But you know, for what what Mountain Keeper is is our mission, which you know it's on our website. It's a little longer than this, but you know, it's to promote and protect the region that we live, work, and recreate in. Hell yeah! And and so it's a dual mission of of protecting and promoting. Um, uh, and so you know that's. And, and we do both. You know, we were very active in promoting um, the resource, um, the, the, the folks who live here, the communities, you know, the Main Street revitalization efforts, the farmers um, uh, and uh, farmers markets and, and culture and art. You know, we're just involved in a lot of that stuff, you know, to promote the place. And then we're just we're ready to get, you know, uh, get in the mud and fight. You know, we're not afraid of a fight. And that's that's the way it has to be if you want to do this kind of work. You just have to be willing to you know to get into it yeah. um, and stand up for um, and, and and you know we all have a thicker skin after all these years we're a little better at it you know I used to have a lot of sleepless nights um, <laughs> and a lot of people don't like me so uh, <laughs> probably a lot of people Bushwhacks were some of uh, the worst days I've ever had in the mountains, or life, really. But I also, I think I wore khakis because they had a lot of pockets, I think so. Why the Catskills is such a great place for trout. It was really the development of New York State. Catskills were responsible. Now you're listening to Inside the Line, the Catskills. All right, Ramsey, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me, Stash. Yeah. I really appreciate it. It's you know, very cool. You've done a lot of great interviews. I mean, I haven't been able to listen to them all yet, but I started to really dig through them. And man, you've got, you've got the who's who of the Catskills going here. Yeah, it's a big variety. So I, I love to I love to go back and forth between hiking, history, and then uh, stuff like this. Mountain Keeper helps out. This is a whole different topic. Uh, definitely a different topic than what I I'm used to, really. So this will be fun. Oh, yeah, cool, good. Cool. So what do you what do you think about the uh, the mountain lion topic in the Catskills? What's your your thoughts on that? Um, uh, I mean. You know, the, the, the issue really is, is we're looking at a shifting ecological landscape up here. And so, you know, there's, um, you know, uh, creatures and, and, and species and, and plants that, you know, were here, who weren't here, who are coming back, who, uh, uh, and there's new species that are migrating, there's others that are going, uh, you know, migrating away or going extinct. So, I mean, I've seen I believe a mountain lion run across the uh, Papactan Reservoir when I was heading up in the wintertime. It was nice. frozen. And I could, I watched it for like, and I filmed it, but you know, it was, it was so far away. It was hard to really tell from the video, you know, it was like a cell phone camera. So you could just tell there was a creature walking. But I mean, I sat there and, you know, not really knowing exactly what a mountain lion exactly looks like. I was like, that's a mountain lion. <laughs> yeah 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 so so i mean i'm they're here and um and you know it's you know it's 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 an issue that's um 
you know, it, 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 it obviously it's exciting to see that kind of wildlife, right? I mean, there's something really exhilarating about seeing a bear or a mountain lion or a bobcat or, oh, yeah. or um, you know, but um, uh, so it's, but they're dangerous too. I mean, not really because they're so skittish and they're really not looking, but I mean, this is, you know, there is an element of, of safety, public safety that um, oh, yeah. is, uh, is, 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 has to be really seriously considered. And I know that the DEC and, the, and those folks, you know, are, are you know, thinking about these things. Um, but, you know, if you come upon, it's like all the, all, the whole you know, story we've all been told a thousand times since we were kids, you know, it's like, you know, if you stumble upon a creature who happens to be with the youngins, you know, things get a lot more dangerous. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't recommend going just like to them and stuff. You know, like, know. like catnip and stuff like that, and maybe like playing around. And- <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that would be if we if we're trying to deal with the immediate population problem. That's like one way to solve it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a good talk about that on on you know the internet and stuff like that because you know we have a lot of uh, the internet exploded in the past ten years and seeing like people post pictures of a mountain lion or. It's a bobcat usually that's in their backyard up in like Saratoga Springs or Albany like that. It's just a, a great topic to have. And they don't understand that a, a thing, uh, an animal, a cat that has, you know, no tail and is smaller than a mountain lion uh, is a bobcat and not a mountain lion. So it's really, it's an interesting topic, I like to say. Absolutely. No. And, 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 and again, I mean, it's fascinating because. You know the the sightings are rare, right? I mean, it's not something that you know people see. I mean, I see an eagle like three times a day. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're, they're beautiful. You know, which is great. They're beautiful. And they're so fun to watch. But I see a bear like once a year. You know, and I see a bobcat or a mountain lion like maybe once in my life if I'm lucky, right? You know, up no, here, yeah. like Catskills. You know, so it's 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 a degree. But you know, again, I think we're seeing a shifting landscape. I mean, this vast wilderness that is the Catskills, you know, if you look at any kind of map, um, you know, an aerial map of the uh, of the East Coast, you realize that this this contiguous wilderness is one of the most important pieces of 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 wildlands that that exist you know Mm -hmm. anywhere and and you know you sort of look at the connecting you know pieces get you up into the berkshires and up you know up into the dax and and uh and and the 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 catskill sort of at the heart of it yeah you know it's it's a massive wildland and we're going to see more and more desperate creatures, you know, coming here, you know, migrating as the climates, you know, yeah. as, you know, I call it cli- a climate confusion, you know, because <laughs> I like it. It, it, things, you know, it's not, it's not just, I mean, the big trend is in one direction, but to get to that, you know, to get there, it's going to go up and down and up and down and here and there, you know, and so some places are going to, you know, have different, you know, impacts and the Catskills abundant in, in water with, um, you know, a lot of, like I said, wildlands and, and forests and, and it, it, it's, it's going to, the impacts of climate change are going to be different. Yeah. You know, um, definitely. Uh, than, than, than in Florida, for example, you know, I mean, significantly drastically different, you know? And, oh yeah. Um, so it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, excellent. I love hearing people's opinion about that, that topic, because it's a big topic. Um, so thank you once again. 
Well, welcome to 55 of Inside the Line, the Catskills. I have Ramsey Adams here from the Catskill Mountain Keeper. Catskill Mountain Keeper is an organization that has been around the Catskills for a significantly long time, and they deal with different situations in the Catskills uh, to help sustain the Catskills as a wild area, as a wilderness, basically. It's a, it, it's phenomenal stuff, and they've done so much. They've done really big missions, and we're going to talk about that tonight with Ramsey. So how's it going, Ramsey? Again, you know, it's going really great. We got the first uh, real snow here today on the Catskills and where I am. I live in uh, in Sullivan County, uh, right at the corner of Delaware and Ulster County, like sort of where those three counties meet. I'm basically right there in that spot. And it's, 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 it's not the high, you know, high, 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 but it's up there. And, and we got a, what, almost an inch of snow this morning yeah. when I woke up, which was awfully nice. I love yeah. to ski. I ski about Bel Air's my home, my home court. <laughs> and nice. um, we just, you know, I think they're making snow now and might open this weekend. Even, which would be nice. Um, it's good to hear. So, you know, things are great. You know, I, 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 I just love being here. I love f- working and fighting to promote and protect the, the region. You know, it's, it's what I do and awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, we we got snow up here. We got about uh, in Oneonta. We got like two to three inches. I think we, besides the the high peaks of the Adirondacks, we were one of those top areas to get a good amount of snow up, up to the north. So, uh, and it was your first snow up there, I'm sure, too, of any significance, right? Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's almost melted by now. It's 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 pretty gone <laughs> down. Pretty much amount. So. Yeah. Thank you to the monthly supporters, Darren White, Vicky Ferrar, John Comiskey, Alec Bettencourt, Sarah Bacon, Jim C., Michael Bongner, David Mead, and Matt Smith. Thank you for supporting the show. I really appreciate it. Um, Ramsey, are you yes, having a- thank an, you guys an, for supporting that show. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Yeah, right? Keep supporting it, it's, it. Yeah, and others. Anybody listening, help out. It's important. This is independent media. It's the most important thing that's come out of this revolution of technology, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's a great way to say it. I really appreciate that. <laughs> great. Um, Ramsey, you having anything to drink tonight, sir? Um, well, I have with me a Devil's Path, you know, which I, I wanted to bring. You know, it's the, 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 one of the flagship beers of the Catskill uh, Brewery, which I'm uh, the founder of, co-founder yep. and the owner of. And um, so I always like it. We've got three flagships. The Devil's Path is an India Pale Ale. It's, uh, it's pretty high in the alcohol, 7.5. But I also brought along a specialty one that we're making, the Ashley Falls uh, Sour Ale with nice. rhubarb, which is a five, a 4.9% um, uh, alcohol. Uh, so it's a, a little easier to session it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, Excellent. Uh, but uh, to be honest, I'm actually drinking an uh, orange uh, vintage seltzer right nice nice hey beer but (laughs) whatever we'll we'll talk about your the brewery later i can't i can't wait to talk about that man that's it's really awesome that uh that you got that going you guys are going well because i yeah i I see the beer all over the place and i love the cans the the raccoon on the cans it's great oh yeah right it's fun it's really fun we're having a lot of fun with it awesome i'm having a uh what does it look like a bourbon whiskey and uh and coke from bootlegger which is do good spirits down located down in Moscow. well uh brian's one of my favorites man he's a great guy and his his product is 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 world class and i don't know how many of your listeners know 
about bootlegger, but one of um, the great things about about um, the, the, the distillery is is it has a mission um, and it supports specifically uh, veterans um, from the CIA who have disabilities. So oh, wow. um, these are folks who are, uh, you know, serving our country and doing really dangerous and, and impressive things. Um, who've been injured on and in service. And so he's, 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 you know, seriously donating and supporting and, and, and raising up that, that issue um, uh, and, and bringing awareness to it. So he, they're great. He's great. But then the, the product is fantastic. Um, yeah. It really is. I've been in contact with him sometimes before, and I was looking to get him on here. Cause I like a lot of their stuff. Oh, he's great. You definitely get him on. You'll have a great show with him. He knows so much. I mean, like, just once you get him talking, you learn so much about, you know, all about, you know, the, the opportunities in the market. And he, I think he's, he, you know, he was, uh, is maybe the chair of the Distillery uh, Association of New York, you know, oh, wow. he's a very cool dude. Yeah. Nice. Are you, have you been on any uh, previous hikes in the past, like couple weeks or so that you want to give a shout out to? So, you know, what I've been doing, um, is run, I've been running, which has been a new thing. I took it up about three years ago, and I've gotten myself into a position where I can actually run a fair amount. So I run, you know, and so I run everywhere. I run, um, there's a rail trail, <clears throat> um, the O&W rail trail, which has been um, purchased and converted <laughs> into a uh, handicapped accessible trail, and it runs from uh, basically... Fallsburg to Liberty, and it's about eight and a half miles long, oh, handicapped nice. accessible. The center, you know, in the center of it is the, the Hur Hurleyville, which we have an office. So I, I do, uh, you know, a lot of, of running on the rail trail, and I also run around uh, the Beaverkill. My big loops are around the covered bridge, the, the covered bridge to the metal bridge at the Beaverkill campground it's about a seven mile run if you do it nice. and you follow the river um and it's really just one of the most beautiful and i shouldn't tell anybody it's a secret but it's it's like one of the greatest <laughs> um loops that you could ever have it's got some good hills good mountains um and and, and lots of you know of long flat runways along the river with beautiful views lots of eagles and um and uh, oh, it's, nice. it's, it's great but so uh this season i haven't hiked uh uh, I, I haven't done any good Catskill hikes, to be honest. Um, hey. I, I wish I have uh, had, but um, we also there. Also, I shouldn't say that. Me and my wife do, a, you know, a, a twice or three times a week do a, a, about a four and a half mile loop um, in in uh, in the Upper Beaverkill. There's a beautiful trail. I don't even know the name of it, but just takes you up through the meadows and up along uh, the ridge and then down nice. past some old farms and then down to the, the river. So we, we do that. Um, that's sort of like a, almost like a power walk um, for nice. us. And we do that, like, like I said, twice, uh, about twice a week. So, but man, it's just so great out here. You know, every time I find myself um, alone in the wilderness in this part of the world, I feel great. You know, yeah. I'm not scared. I'm not, um, I'm not anxious. I'm not um, overly, you know, in awe. I'm just like at peace. Like I, I just feel so connected to the place, and I, I understand the 
noises and uh, the smells, you know, it all makes sense to me. You know, I mean, it's still dangerous. Believe me, the Catskills, I always <laughs> say one of my jokes, jokes about the Catskills is that, you know, you, you, you have no idea how wild this place is. I could take you and drop you in the middle of, a, of, of the Catskill Park and you would probably wouldn't make it out alive. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's rugged, it's wild, it's confusing. You know, if you didn't have a GPS and you didn't know what you were doing, you'd have a hard time surviving uh being stuck out there you know um so it's it's but it feels soft and and gentle in a weird Mm -hmm. way you know it doesn't have a lot of the thing you know the dangerous things that you see in in some of the other great wild wild parks you know that's not riddled with poisonous snakes they're there but it's not every they're not everywhere they're not there's not poison ivy or poison oak everywhere um it's not uh uh, you know, there's not a lot of of, of, of things lurking behind uh, corners waiting to kill you. There are bears. I mean, there are. We just talked about it. There are. There definitely there are. But you know, um, considering it, it's 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 a fairly you know um, soft, beautiful place to to spend time. You know, I like I said, I just feel comfortable in the woods here. Correct. Um, always. Yes. And don't don't feel bad about about taking time off. I I didn't hike this week. I t- I actually took time off to <laughs> to get okay. some sleep. So it's been a while. I I usually get like you know anywhere from three to five hours of sleep. And uh, Tuesday was my day off, and I got nine and a half hours of sleep. So you know that's you really need to sleep more, Stash. I'm sorry. I know. You should be working towards eight. I think you know. Um, Mark Wahlberg uh, today or yesterday was in the news talking about his sleep regimen, which is like he goes to bed at seven thirty and wakes up at four thirty. Um, so that's yeah. what you're supposed to do if you want to be Mark Wahlberg. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm good where I'm at right now. I don't want to be that that famous. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, so I also I might plan on going this weekend up to uh, maybe the the Hunter Westkill area. So. We'll see. We'll see what it what it what the weather brings. Basically, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I'll be at Bel Air if it's, uh, if it's oh nice. Open, um, which they say, you know, there's a good chance. So that's what I'm start my downhill season. I love Bel Air. I don't know how you know how how familiar you are with the with with that operation, but you know they've invested a lot of of, of money. They switched the ownership. You know, air quotes ownership. Yeah. From the Department of Environmental Conservation to NYSERDA, the New York State Olympic Regional Development, whatever it is, uh, um, NYSERDA, not NYSERDA, what am I saying? The, the, the ORDA, Olympic Regional Development. Oh, Agency. yeah, yeah. So they, it's, it switched from DEC to ORDA. ORDA manages um, Whiteface and, uh, and uh, uh, Lake Gore. Placid um, and Gore. Um, yep. So... Uh, uh, you know, it made sense, you know, ultimately after all these years, they sort of, you know, pushing beans around, um, finally, you know, came up with a model where Bel Air would be included in those facilities and run by this agency specifically designed to run, you know, these facilities. And it's worked out. I mean, I think it's a success. I mean, uh, Bel Air is still the, the, the most, you know, left out. It's it's getting the least amount of resources from Orda. It's sort of you yeah. know, an, after, an afterthought. But, you know, we've been able to, with the Catskill Center and the Catskill Park uh, Coalition, we've been able to create a lobby, a pretty effective lobby group. Um, And, you know, we've been really good at getting funds um, 
directed towards the Catskill Park. You know, it's been a very successful uh, effort, collaborative nice. effort, that, and it's like almost six or seven years into, into it. And we've and one of the things we were able to do was sort of point to Bel Air and say, you know, what do you guys now? Bel Air's managed by Orta and there's you know tens and you know twenties of millions of dollars being given to these other facilities and, and Bel Air's not getting that and so they sort of saw that you know when we brought it to their attention and made a, a one really big investment by building a, a gondola there um, yeah yeah which has you know, done a lot I think to you know make the facility you know. A, a, give it an upgrade to keep it competitive and make it an attractive place to ski. So the place is pretty well, like it's, it's, it's being run well. And, and I, I have to say, I'm, 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 I'm happy. Uh, you know, it's on the up and up as opposed to, you know, sort of on the down. It did get hit. I don't know if you remember last year, it got hit by an avalanche. Did you see yeah. That? Yeah. I remember the, that. The, 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 the main lodge, it got, you know, crushed. They, they were able to get it back on up and running and fix it. But, that was pretty weird. You know, that was an extreme weather event, you know, yes. caused by climate change. You know, that's not a normal thing to have happen, you know, probably. Very rare here in that, the Catskills. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, wicked. I'm, I'm looking forward for that to open. That'll be great. That'll be great for the tourism, for the towns and stuff like that. So, yeah, Catskill, some Catskill news. Gun season starts November 18th, which uh, this will be airing. Uh, it's Wednesday right now, so this will be airing Monday. So it's three days ago, November eighteenth, gun season. Yep. Um, so be on the trails, wear your your hot pink, orange colors, bright blue, any bright colors possible. Um, a good thing, you know, don't disrespect the gun owners or the gun the the license hunting license owners because they put a lot of money in New York State. Um, Ralph Rindeck posted this today and the cost of a hunting license helps for funding environmental programs in New York, $88 for a sportsman license. And there are many thousands of hunters in New York state, 700,000 resident hunters and 50,000 out of state hunters who pay even more for a license fees charged for the license are placed in the main account for conservation in New York state, which equals millions of dollars. Hunter also have to take safety courses before they get a license. So the hunters are putting money back into your trails putting money back into different places in New York state. So thank those hunters. And, you know, I wouldn't say give them the right away, but give them their, their area because they are putting money into the Catskills and into New York state. So thank you. I think that was very well said, Stash. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Ralph did that. So I, I know Ralph doesn't, doesn't listen I agree to this, with but you, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> he's the man. Thanks Ralph. That was well said. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing, volunteer. Once again, this is going to be airing. I wish we were told earlier. Um, there was a volunteer opportunity for last Friday with the Catskills 3500 Club repairing a bridge going over the Neversink for the Table and Picamos area. So we'll hopefully get some good news from that. I'll put that on the next episode. So, but if there's any volunteer opportunities, go ahead and do it, please. Ramsey, do you have any uh, volunteer opportunities for the Mountain Keeper? Uh, we do, you know, I'll be honest, though, one of the more difficult challenges um, that we face at Mountain Keeper is, is uh, finding the right balance uh, and, and the right projects and, 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 and campaigns uh, to really 
make the volunteer experience um, uh, a positive one and valuable. So it's, it's, but Mountkeeper always has different things going on. So I would, you know, I would encourage anybody to go to the Mountkeeper website, super easy to find. You can go to mountkeeper.org. Um, uh, uh, and we've got, you know, all the information there. Um, we just did our big, uh, not that big, but uh, the highway uh, pickup uh, on oh, yeah. 28. We have a section up there. We just did this week, and we had a, a great, you know, day picking up garbage before the snow comes. We got there just in time. So, um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's it's an, it, it's it's the groups that are doing the the, the organizing and 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 having the volunteers with the most effect on the trail uh, and park, you know, maintenance and improvement, you know, that's, I would urge, you know, your listeners to get involved in those efforts because that is, you know, Mountain Keepers supportive and we uh, are included and we help, but, you know, we're not a trail maintenance um, or trail advocacy specifically organization. So we, we support the efforts of our partners who, who do that yep. work, you know, we help them raise money. We do all the things that we can do. And so, you know, really for your listeners, you know, I think that is those, these groups, and you know who they are, we can talk about them, but you know, they're the ones who, who really have the infrastructure to take on volunteers who want to get out and do the physical kind of work, you know, for, for Mountkeeper, the kind of volunteer work we, you know, mostly need is, is, is research, you know, because yep. we're involved in very complicated, you know, issues. And so a lot of the time, you know, the kind of work we need is, is, is a volunteer work. So what we have and support you know, and support, you guys need the support also as well. That's right. I mean, you know, so much, a lot of, you know, I don't, we don't call it volunteering, but we need people to be active, you know, and to yep. go to their, town boards and zoning boards to you know keep their ears open and eyes open you know keep because you know we, we really the key to moving forward in my opinion and, and sort of how the mountain keeper operates is that you know you really have to act local you've got to think about where you live and take you know take uh uh take a stake and and the place that you call home and 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 out of that comes a movement, you know, and, and, you know, through that kind of participation in your community, getting involved, um, understanding what's going on, helping um, for smart decisions to be made out of that, you know, a, a, a movement grows and builds and connections are made. And that's when you can start to, uh, you know, really see a, a change in the kinds of attitudes about, um, what the future of the region will look like. I mean, if you think about the Catskills, when Mountain Keeper came on board um, about 15 years ago, you know, the internet was pretty, still pretty, you know, stumbling out of its uh, its birth yeah. phase. <laughs> um, there, you know, the, the, the technology was, was, was still rough. People throughout the Catskills were really uh, d divided up, you know, I mean, I, I can't like sort of overstate it, you know, like the people in, and and Hunter are, are, are uh, you know, Wyndham or, or Fleischmann's yep. or Walton or uh, Berryville or uh, Forestburg or, you know, just start, they didn't share any of the same information. You know, yep. they were completely different places. You know, they, you know, the one thing they had in common was some 
sort of identity that they were in the Catskills, that they were, you know, they were Catskills. But, you know, when you look at a town like, you know, take take the two most obvious ones, take Woodstock yep. and take Bethel, you know, <laughs> they got flipped up in the 60s, right? You know, yeah. the concert was supposed to be down in Woodstock and ended up in Bethel. Now, yeah. those are two towns that share nothing. You know, they don't have the same newspaper, TV, radio, you know, anything, you know, they did, they're just completely different places. Nothing was, you know, except for this sort of, you know, the general connection of being in the Catskills. Um, and, and that's all changed. You know, it's changed so much. Shows like yours bring everybody together, right? I mean, it's like, I hope so. Uh, you know, the, the, the Catskills has an identity now um, and, and people are, are a lot more, connected and, and understand that the connected story that is the Catskills you know that has to do with you know both the first wilderness in America uh, yep. essentially the first well the first you know that and, and the Adirondacks the first wilderness the where where really environmentalism and the idea of wilderness was born yeah um, you know through the, the, the what's well, all pretty well talked about but you know that and and the, the history of of the, the the park uh and how it evolved and developed and it's a very interesting park and we could spend the whole episode just talking about you know what makes the yeah. park unique and different and difficult i mean it's not an easy park to get your head around but then you overlay that with the the, the red line of the of the reservoirs and the and the massive infrastructure uh, project one of the greatest infrastructure projects you know the world has ever known but with you know devastating impacts on the communities and the people who live uh here and we're still dealing with the ramifications of the the, the pain and suffering that were caused you know when new york city you know you know effectively you know and efficiently took over this vast swath of, of the catskills for its own personal singular use, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking about that in a second too. You know, it's a collective, but that story, that identity story, I, you know, I used to sort of talk about, you know, cause I'm really interested in rebranding. I mean, the Catskills, that's one of the reasons why I started the Catskill brewery. It's certainly one of the reasons why I started the Catskill mountain keeper, because I felt like that the Catskills was, was if you t- ask someone who, the cats what the catskills were you know someone who wasn't from right around here maybe someone you know in the city or in philadelphia or in north carolina or whatever they'd be like oh yeah you know sort of dirty dancing hotels yeah. like you know com- comedy borscht belt uh, yeah. uh woods and then the concert the woodstock yeah. concert yep you know that's 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 what so that's what we know about you know that's the identity and so you know you looked at the Catskills and then I would I, my example was now look at Vermont you know and what yeah. is when you say Vermont what do you think of you know you think of you know really delicious food ice cream maple syrup you know Jeez. barns fluffy clouds cheese right and it's this 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 and so that you know that to me was a very clear you know, my own mind that the Catskills had a branding problem, mm-hmm. you know, for itself, you know, it's, and, and because we make more maple syrup than Vermont does, you know, <laughs> like we're shipping <laughs> it to Vermont. No, seriously, we're shipping our That's maple syrup true. to Vermont to have it packaged. So it's got the Vermont label on it because our label is not strong enough to, you know, have it, 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 but you know, that's all starting, starting to change, you know, um, in a big way. And, you know, clearly the pandemic, 
changed dramatically, you know, the face of the Catskills. I mean, you know, in ways yeah. that we're still just beginning to understand. Um, but yeah. people now talk about the Catskills as this wild place where, you know, there's beautiful farms and rivers and fishing and hiking and skiing and, and like a, it's got this almost like this, you know, cool, it's, it's beyond the, the borders of, 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 of safety kind of, you know, reputation. People are, you know, going out into the wild west, they feel like, and it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. You know, that's what the Definitely. park is for. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, excellent. Thank you. Uh, also for, for boosting the enthusiasm for volunteering. It's very big in the Catskills. So, um, Ramsey, if you don't mind, I'd like to go into the, do a little Catskill mountain history. If you don't mind. No, please. This is about the Ashokan Reservoir. I found this from a Hudson Valley magazine, and uh, oddly, for some reason, it didn't have a, the person who wrote it. So I, I want to give thanks to the Hudson Valley magazine. This is about the Ashokan Reservoir. You know, we all talk about the Ashokan Reservoir and beautiful it is, uh, you know, what it's done for New York City, but it also has some consequences uh when they first built it as did the papak khan and as did the other reservoirs in in new york state so um yeah the Osokan reservoir provides fresh water to millions of people in new york city but its construction cost to the valley nearly a dozen villages it was the best of times in new york city and so in the fall of 1917 a great celebration took place school children danced at rain dance politician gave fine speeches and presented medals a special ex exhibition of Hudson Valley landscapes was unveiled, and the crowd cheers when a jet of upstate water, clear, clean, and pure water, rose on cue to the city air. And probably, miraculously, a tiny creek originating in the Catskill Mountains had been successfully dammed to create a 13-mile drinking fountain for city folk. But it was the worst time for the Catskills, though. Thousands of acres of farmland vanished under new man-made Ashokan Reservoir. 11 village, villages were forcibly evacuated and burned to the ground to make room for the 8,300-acre body of water, at the time the world's largest reservoir. Boarding houses closed, doctors and shopkeepers moved, families broke apart. Even the dead were unearthed and sent packaging as lest they too contaminate the water supply. Some people believe that the reservoir is low. You can see churches, steeples, and chimneys poking above the water. And that is a mythology, uh, from what I heard, of professed wishful thinking. The engineers left no trace of civilization they conquered. Deepwater, which is a documentary made in 2002 by Hudson Valley filmmakers Toby Carey, Robbie Dupree, and Artie Traum, uses archival photographs and silent films from the Library of Congress to show how completely the area was cleared of habitation. The film tells the story of Harlow McLean, a local man who hired on the city to help with the demolition effort and ended up having to burn down his own house. The filmmakers interviewed a granddaughter from the Lennox family who recalled that even the ashes were removed. Tree roots were grubbed and blasted out. My mother showed me more resentment than my grandparents, but I'm sure they were heartbroken as well, losing a 12-room home and their store and all. My mother had forgotten memories as a child and never really got over it. The hurt of losing land, home, and friends. Bob Studing, who I've quoted a lot in this, this podcast, a, human, a humanities professor at Ulster County College, in Stone Ridge wrote this fine history, The Last of the Handmade Dans, the story of the Ashokan Reservoir, which is by the Purple Mountain Press for $12.50. I guarantee it's gone up. 
But he said the reservoir destroyed the independent character of the rural place and people. According to Studing, the area that became the West Basin of the reservoir, where there had been 504 dwellings, nine blackfish shots, 35 stores, 10 churches, 10 schools, seven sawmills, and a gristmill. As Studing said, an old successful way of life rooted in purpose and to share the values of self-sufficiency and community had come to an abrupt and disrupting end, and thus the place that had once been called home, a place which had been tended lovingly for generation, disappeared and lost forever. Student is a social historian who writes humor about his native Catskills. He grew up near the Ashokan Reservoir in Hurley and today lives in Olive Bridge, a village beside the dam which was named for the village of Olive Bridge that disappeared on water. Student recognizes that for its all painful history, today the reservoir is unquestionably an asset to the area. It preserves open space and provides recreation. The first of five Catskill reservoirs, the Ashokan project remains a work of integrity and great engineering skill and even beauty, given its careful sighting and its national glacial bowl created by the last ice age. Certainly for student who courted his wife gazing out from the dam and whose son Miles caught his first fish in the reservoir, the Ashokan has been more of a friend than foe. But at that time, most local residents found the coming dam a true enemy. When water from the newly built Croton Aqueduct poured into Central Park's reservoir in 1890, it seemed that the city's chronic water shortage might be over. And yet by 1900, consumption again threatened to overtake supply. The city commissioned a study of all possible resources of clean water. Officials found none better than Catskill Mountain variety. In 1903, New York mayors appointed Waldo Smith, a graduate of MIT, as chief engineer of a dam to be built at the lower end of the Esopus Creek. Smith pr- proved to be a student wrote an extremely good choice. All who worked for him became personally fond of him, and their spirits, loyalty, and undoubtedly contributed to the success of the Catskill Water Project. Smith's unflappable good nature proved more than a match for confusion and panic and dangers in the populace the New York Times dubs original Aboriginal Ulster. In June 1906, a ceremonial shovel inlaid with silver and Tiffany Company first struck ground. A workers' camp rapidly arose the southern slope of the Witchill Hill near the Brown Station. The camp had running water, electricity, paved streets, a sewage disposal pants, a hospital, and a garbage collection. It became customary for locals to drive to the camp on Sundays to inspect their odd new neighbors. There were Southern African Americans who journeyed north and rode big wagons hauled by mules. Also at work were the Russians, Slavs, Romanians, Lithuanians, and Poles, Swedes, Finns, and Danes, Hungarian, Austrians, Germans, Irishmen, and according to the student, one Greek. The Italian workers who hung homemade spaghetti out to dry on the clothesline proved especially amusing. Local children flocked to the Gallardo man who praised his wares in Italian tenor. New customers also meant new business models. Local doctors, administrators accused such an amputation for on-the-job leg rooms. For wounds in the heart and mind, 13 taverns sprang up in, in the stretch between Brown Station and Stone Ridge. Brothels ministered other organs. Local farmers, stonecutters, liverymen, and undertakers found work digging up and reburying thousands of bodies from the region's cemetery. Easy money, but it didn't last long. Stay with me, folks. It's almost done. <laughs> By August 1913, the village of Shokin were nothing more than a barren waste with only stone walls and gaping cellar holes, one observer remarked. Not a chimney was left unstanding. Before the reservoir, 85% of the male population of Shokin drew most or all of their income from farming. 
After the reservoir, farming ceased to be a significant economic force. The region's other industry, tourism, also declined drastically. Once the city had a clean source of water, residents no longer felt impelled to migrate to the Catskill boarding houses every summer. Compounding the business, according to student, was the fact that awards made to the property owners had varied considerably. Student writes that one legit complained that influential people received better awards than the small fry. Uh, yet it is interesting to know that 80% of those who were forced to move, which is nearly 2,000 residents, remained within 25 miles of the regular home. Over time, animosity towards the city imperial thirst diminished. Today, the dam conjures up positive images of picnicking around the old aerator, a scenic automobile ride along the Ashokan Boulevard, or one walk with the dogs uh, on Middle Dyke. Student writes it was the only after he grew interested in the history of the dam and began poking around, literally digging through old boxes and library broom closets. Then Studing realized how much had been lost. People in the Catskills grew their own food and made their own clothes, he said. Nowadays, if the electricity goes out, we're completely helpless. I'm not saying we should go backwards, but I do think it's important to understand that people didn't always live the way they live today in the Ashokan area. Wow, there's a long one. Sorry, Ramsey. No, no, it's cool. That's great. It's a, you know, an amazing narrative about this, this really sad, sad, you know, story of our history. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's, you know, it's not just the Ashokan, you know, the Pacapacan, the Cannonsville Reservoir, all went through that phase of basically them destroying the homes that were there and then to flood it for the waters in New York City, which, you know, eh, you know, it has its ups and downs, of course. Uh, the Ashokan is beautiful. It provides water for New York City. You know, it gives money to the Catskills and stuff like that. But, you know. Of course, you know, with climate change and with a bunch of other stuff, it also screws up a lot of things. Right. Well, I mean, I yeah, I, I think that the key, I mean, the key point for me at this point in time, you know, I'm, me and, and, and Mountain Keeper, you know, at this point in time, you know, the past is the past. Yep. You're living with the reality that there are these reservoirs um, and that the city is a substantial landowner. And that they have, you know, uh, one priority, you know, that's the issue, you know, the, the New York City, the DEP, Department of Environmental Protection, which manages and oversees the, the water supply, their job is to provide unfiltered, clean, fresh drinking water to uh, over 9 million people, right? Yeah. That's their job. Uh, everything else is, 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 uh, you know, uh, a second priority yep. or or less and so the job of, of mound keeper and, and the catskill park coalition and all the folks who work with the dep is to continually remind them of the benefits of being great neighbors and to provide access to the resources and to be good neighbors and to continue the commitment that was made to invest in the communities that bear the burden of the infrastructure um so you know, that's a constant, you know, job that's, the, the, and we've seen a lot of improvements. I mean, a lot over the last, you know, 10 years uh, yeah. with the DEP. I mean, I, I really hand it to them. Um, and the, they, they looked at, 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 at the, the needs of the, you know, that they heard from us, they heard the requests of, of the advocates and, 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 and community leaders that, 
they have to change the way the DEP interfaces with the communities and, and to make the resources uh, accessible in a way that's both safe for the reservoir system and safe for the users, yeah. but, you know, to allow hunting and fishing. And they've now, as you know, they've got, um, you know, boating, yeah. you know, they've developed a protocol that you can have. Uh, and, and we all have boats out there. It's amazing. I mean, I, my friend, my, partner at the brewery has a boat so that's the one we use but you know it's really amazing that 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 we've been able to you know continue to open up and and sort of you know it's 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 not it's not a one-time thing it's like a long-term relationship with the dep you know to continually move the ball forward so that you know the, the the resources more more available more better understood i mean one of the yeah, we could talk all day about it, yeah. but you know, the one of the most difficult issues that we face with the Catskill Park is how confusing it is as a park. It's not a normal park, you know, in air quotes. It's not like Yellowstone. Yeah. You know, you don't drive into it and meet a a, a ranger and they give you a map and tell you, you know, you know, the, the, and then you go winding through the park and you do your thing and take your hikes and camp or whatever, and then come out the other side and. When, you know, go through a gate and wave and say thank you. You know, it's that's not what the Catskill Park is. It's a, it's a park that's that's shared. It's got forest land. It's got forever wild land. It's got you know, as we talked about, lots of DEP city-owned land. It's got private land. Yep. Uh, I'm leaving out a bunch of categories, but you know, it, so you've got a blue line, the the line that is the boundary of the Catskill Park. And at any given point, you might be driving on a road, 28, 17, 30, whatever, and end up passing into the park, going over the line. Um, Chances are you don't know that you entered the park at that point. Um, I have some really great friends who have come and stayed with me at my house and, 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 and we've been out and into the, you know, the Catskills and into the communities and, you know, I've sort of said to them, you know, come up and lobby with me and the Catskill Park Coalition in Albany you know, to, to, to advocate for resources. And they're like, well, you know, I'd love to. That's, you know, that sounds like it's a really important thing. But, you know, I don't think I've ever been to the Catskill Park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, well, you actually have like a thousand times. You just didn't know it. Yep. You know? And it's one of those. And so, you know, the. There, there was an effort, and I probably makes somebody mad. I'm sorry already, whoever you are. I apologize, but you know the effort to brand the Catskill Park um, with road signs. You know there was a, a design, and then a bunch of road signs were put out there, and and it says, you know, Catskill Park. The problem is, is that most of those signs are are, are small, and they sit underneath other signs. Yeah. Um, and they've got like a landscape and then it says cats, you know, like with mountains and some trees and I'm trying to picture it in my head. And then it says Catskill Park, yep. sort of um, muted earth tones, the, the, the sign, you know, all you get, you just can't see it. You know, you'd have no, you have no idea what that thing says. You're zipping by it. Yep. It's a completely you know, un- unrecognizable. There's a couple of them, a handful that are bigger that you can read. Um, but um, you know, it, it really is. And it, you know, one of the challenges that we, we have is, is figuring out what the identity of the Catskill Park is, evolving identity, you know, back to branding, you know, branding it and making sure that we are really 
really lock in lockstep with the DEC, you know, the, the 3500 club and the hiking groups and all of those folks about where we want to be driving the ecotourism, you know, yep. the, the, the massive growth in people visiting the Catskill Park. You know, so because, you know, we want to, first of all, it's a public park. It's, 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 it's everyone's park. Yep. It's not my park. Correct. It's not up to me to say you can or can't come to this park. You know, it's, we, and we, we want to encourage people to use the park because it's so important for mental health and physical health and, and, the economy and everyone has a million reasons why you know people who are you know g- going outdoors including outdoorsmen sportsmen yeah um, yep. you know uh that hunters and, and and fishers um you know that's but you know like we've got a real issue where overuse at, at key spots has become untenable um you know some of the more well-known ones are obviously catterskill falls oh yeah and and blue hole but you know i mean those are you know so egregious you know examples but it's all over the park and so you know the the key is to is to really pay attention monitor understand social media and the ways that people are getting information and to you know work within that framework to drive people uh to to make the right decisions about where to have their experience and to take pressure off some of the places that are being overrun and push uh, push visitors to places where we have the capacity to handle it. Um, and so it's been, you know, I'm on the CAG, the Cutsco Advisory Group, which is uh, a committee that was appointed by the governor uh, through Commissioner uh, DEC Commissioner Sagos, and it's a group of 15 people. Um, all major stakeholders in the Casco Park to advise the DEC on how to manage the park so we went through every there's a, a two-year process um with you know every one of the of the volunteer uh, members of the cag donated you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours to this process um but it's really been an amazing experience for me to really you know try to come up with the with this group to come up with a, a framework for looking at all of those issues that affect this park yeah, and come up with recommendations for the DEC. So we've got the draft report. Um, it was it was put out um, for public comment, um, and uh, a final report is being um, uh, sort of finalized by the the DEC. Um, it's written, edited, and completely our report. You know, it's the it's Good. the advisory group's report, but we're doing it with the. You know, in collaboration with the DEC, so a final report is is forthcoming, and it's it's it really touches on all of these issues. Not touches on it, deals with them directly, and makes recommendations, including I was the the chair of the Environmental Justice Committee, um, which is a great honor to be able to play that role. And uh, and you know the issues around environmental justice <clears throat> are really critical because the demographic shift in in in, in park usership is is uh, is significant you know it's like it, it, the, the the folks who are using the Catskill Park are completely different um in demographic shape than they were 25 years ago yeah you know it's a complete uh shift and so that means understanding the users um 
making sure that our messaging about things like leave no trace, um, safety, um, all those things are are uh, are are done in uh, you know in a way that is culturally sensitive and 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 is, is makes sense. Uh, and our message can get out. So it's really fascinating, really interesting time um, to be thinking about these things. And I can say that the DEC under Commissioner Basil Sagos uh, has made the Catskill Park a top priority and have given us every resource that they can with these you know, tight budgets. I mean, make no mistake, the Catskill Park is still completely under uh, uh, under resourced yep. on every oh, respect. Yeah. I mean, at the DEC staff level, it's a travesty. Yeah. Um, you know, we're just b- barely keeping you know the place open. You know, it's like sort of like uh, you know Motel Six. We we'll keep the light <laughs> on, but that's about it. Yeah. But within that, within that, those limitations, you know, I can only you know really say that the, the agency has made it a priority to do what they can with what they've got. Yep. And it's really our job because they can't, lo- they can't lobby for themselves. That's against the law. We have to yep. get the resources for them. You know, it's the job of, of Mountain Keeper and the Catskill Center and, and, and different, you know, uh, stakeholders to go to Albany and demand that we get the money it takes to take care of this place. Yep. Exactly. Move forward is, is what we want to do with the times. So, that's a, a a great way to say it is we just want to keep moving forward, keep the ball rolling and to work with every organization we can to make the Catskills a better place. And why not? You know, the mountain keeper is, is here to do that. So let's uh, let's welcome the guest of the night. Uh, Ramsey Adams from Catskill Mountain Keeper. Let's go. Glad to have you on the show, Ramsey. We've been talking for oh, it's so fun. Thank you. 54 a- minutes now. It's awesome. Wait. Finally Ooh. got to you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, so how about you get a little background about yourself, sir? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I My father grew up on a very small uh, farm, family farm uh, in Calicoon Center uh, in Sullivan County. Um, he, uh, his father, my grandfather, uh, worked on the aqueducts uh, as well as my father. That's how he earned his money to go through college. He went to Roscoe um, school and he played football uh, and, and got a football scholarship. He, he did really well on the Roscoe football team, got a football scholarship and uh, went on to uh, college and, and then continued pursuing uh, uh, his life and, and became an attorney and make a long story short, he started an environmental organization um, right when I was born in 1969 called the the NRDC, the Natural Resources Defense Council. And he was uh, the executive director and chairman um, all the way along. Uh, He's still uh, a part of the NRDC. He's uh, on the board emeritus now, but um, he, so I I grew up, you know, uh, in this world of, 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 as the environmental movement was was coming into its being, you know, the modern environmental movement from the 60s, uh, you know, the 70s until now. So I had this really, you know, amazing, you know, b- view of, of, the, of, of, of that uh, 
world and those people who fight for the environment. So it's been, you know, very form, you know, formative for me. And then, so that's my, my, my physical familial connection to the Catskills. Um, my, you know, my relatives are all here. My, my, my cousin, McCray Burnham um, works for the DEC and is actually uh, the Catskill park coordinator now, um, which is really nice. cool. Um, a position that the DEC uh, created to help us navigate some of these challenges of interagency resource sharing. So he's he's there. He's a great guy. Um, been, to the D, uh, been at the DEC since he was right out of college. Been there, you know, twenty five years. Um, nice. So he's a great person for that role. Uh, yeah, and so um, I. Uh, Started Mountain Keeper 15 plus years ago. Um, the, the reason we started Mountain Keeper uh, was there was uh, two things going on. There was a proposal to put five massive Las Vegas style casinos uh, in Sullivan County. Um, it was a, you know an off reservation land swap deal in order to allow gambling in New York State when it was illegal. So they're going to have five different tribes open five different casinos all right around each other. Uh, here in Sullivan County, and uh, and at the same time, there was a major proposal to build a a, a power line along the banks of the Delaware River uh, above mm. ground along the banks of the Delaware River. And these two issues, you know, we organized to fight them. Um, the casinos were just such it was such a stupid, crazy like <laughs> idea, and everybody thought it was a done deal. Everyone's like, it's gonna happen. There's nothing you can do about it. It's gonna happen. <laughs> that's yeah. the way it is, you know, just accept it. And we we're like, no, no way. You know, that's ridiculous. This is crazy. Um, so uh, we started Moundkeeper because we figured if we were gonna gear up for these fights, we might as well like not reinvent the wheel every time we have to do this. Yeah. So we should build a you know, the infrastructure for an organization to organize people. And awesome. as we were moving through that, you know, that's when the fracking fight came on and Mountain Keeper was right at the center of that thing. And it sort of changed the, you know, the trajectory of the organization a lot because we sort of got, you know, overwhelmed by that fight and became, you know, one of the most important climate fights, you know, it's centered here in the Catskills and it's centered here at the Catskill Park. You know, people that forget, but, you know, we stopped fracking in New York state because we stopped it in the park mm. um, because we got the, uh, the, the mayor Bloomberg to say he would never allow fracking in the, in the reservoir uh, system. And, and, and then it, it became um, a situation where uh, people were like, well, if it's not good enough for New York. Why is it you know, back to this issue? You know, yeah. It's not good enough for New York. Why is it good enough for us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. And so that's mountain keepers, you know, a mean, lean fighting machine. You know, we're, <laughs> we're nimble. Um, we, uh, you know, we're really uh, frugal. You know, we, 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 we are run a tight, tight ship. We've got an office in, and and actually an office in New Paltz, uh, one in Woodstock. These are satellite offices, one in uh, New Paltz, one in Woodstock, and one in Albany. Um, Catherine Maddow, our deputy director, runs the uh, the Albany office, and she's you know an immensely talented environmental uh, advocate and and understands Albany. And then we've got our main shop now in Hurleyville, um, and so we have you know, a great team of people working on these issues um, and, 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 and diverse expertise, you know, on staff, we have an attorney, we have uh, 
uh, a doctor, um, we have an environmental justice coordinator, um, we have two farmers, nice. three farmers. Nice. Um, so, you know, we really, you know, we're, it's a hard, like I, we alluded to it earlier, it's a vast place, 6,000 plus square miles. It's the size of Connecticut. This is the Catskill region, you know, the larger Catskill region. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's a big place and it's, it's diverse and different. And the issues, you know, for us specifically, the issues that are relevant and concerning, you know, in Schoharie Valley are going to be significantly different than the issues um, in Calicoon mm-hmm. on, the, on the Delaware River, you know, and, and so... For us, it's 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 hard to you know to be everywhere all the time and to help all the ways that we can. But we're, we try, and yeah. we're always looking for friends and partners out there to your listeners who want to. Yeah. You know, you know, we talk about volunteering. I mean, really, what the most important thing you can do for Mound Keeper is to go to your town board meetings, your zoning board meetings, and 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 and. and report back on what's going on. Nice. You know, that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, that's where the, that's where it happens. Um, and that's where, and so what, you know, more and more people are reaching out to us with that kind of information. And it just helps us, you know, we may or may not be able to help person with any specific problem, but um, sharing that information, you know, gives us the ability to, you know, help folks, Think through their options, yeah. you know, and that's why we, we do a lot of, you know, talking to folks and just like who have, I mean, we have a threshold issue at Mountain Keeper, you know, let's say, you know, someone wants to build 25 homes on a uh, hundred acres, you know, um, and the neighbors are up in arms because, you know, it was a field, a farm or whatever, Before I'm just making this up, but yeah. it's a, you know, field farm. And now there's going to be 25 houses and there's traffic and there's, you know, noise pollution and air pollution and this and that, you know, but there's a threshold issue, you know, we, that, that's, that's, so, you know, that's not a, a scope or size typically mountain keeper would engage in, you know, it's, it sounds big, but, you know, relative to the kinds of other proposals where it's, you know, a thousand units. Yeah. And, right. Um, Matt, you know, it's like, and, and so, but we do know how to help folks, you know, um, when really what would it comes down to, you know, for mountain keepers, we deeply believe in, 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 in community self-determination. You know, we want the people in the communities to decide what's best for them and to help them protect their own interests. Uh, and usually that amounts to, you know, encouraging, you know, strongly that the town boards and zoning boards follow their own laws and not make exceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, the laws were there for a reason, you know, that, the, the folks came together with a, made a town plan, came up with zoning laws. You know, these things were well thought out and, and community had input and, and to just, you know, all of a sudden, because it's your friend or, you know, it sounds good. It's got bells and whistles. You just yeah. start making exceptions to your zoning rules. You know, that's where we really, you know, th- th- that to me is, is, is a big red flag. And yeah. it should really, these, these developments, these, these, proposals should be designed to fit within the, 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 the scope of what the community has already decided is appropriate for yeah. them. And, 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 but it all happens at these, at these, you know, town board, county, you know, county legislators meetings, uh, town boards, zoning boards, you know, it's, 
and it's fun. It's actually fun. To, participatory government can be really fun. You know, yeah. it's, it sounds crazy. No, but going to your town board meeting and, and even if you don't know anybody on it and you don't know anything about it, you know, it's a public meeting and you got to go to the, you know, find out the information where you are, when the meetings are, and, and, and you can zoom in sometimes or whatever, but, you know, you'll learn a lot and it'll, it'll also, you know, you may see some of the things that don't feel right going on. And that's, it's a, this, this is what participation means. You know, it's what the public comment is about. You, know, you can start asking questions about yeah. these things. And that what, and that what's like, that might start the spark to, for something bigger uh, as well for you guys to take a look into it and see like, this could become something tragic to the Catskills. Let's look into it. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh I think that's one of the biggest challenges right now in our democracy is, is somehow we're in a situation where we're not culturally incentivizing people to participate in local government. You know, it's, it's a thankless job a lot of the times and, 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 you know, it can be sort of nasty and, you know, it's like local politics and people get Correct. mean and, you know, and, you know, and so it's, it's really unfortunate because it's the most important thing that we can do is participate in our, in our local government. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and I get to do it by default as the mountain keeper, right? I get to be involved in a lot of people's local government, you know, I'm, <laughs> because yeah. I get, brought in on these things and, and when we have to engage and we engage at those local levels and so you know i find myself often having to come to grips and understand what a whole community sort of looks like you know what the care who the characters are where the power sources are you know what the you know what the issues are why you know they're there's the movement towards trying to abandon, you know, the, the, the rules and regs that are existing, you know, like, it, it, so it's fascinating. It's fun, you know, um, but that's my big, that's my big pitch is, is get involved. Yeah, you know, yeah. Don't be, don't be shy. You know, don't be afraid. You know, nobody's got a more of a right to be there than you. Yep. <laughs> Ask questions. And you know, he's... if you follow the, if you, yeah, if you follow the agenda, your voice is as important as anybody else's. You know, you speak when you're allowed to and say what you want to say. <laughs> yeah. And you might, you know, the the purpose, of course, you you being there is to gather information. And if you wanna, you know, spread that information, you know, you think that something's wrong, spread that information, you know. And then like like I said, that might spark a, a fire to maybe get that that thought going that this might be wrong for the cat skills. This might be wrong for our environment. This might be the wrong for you and for our local residents. So it's, you know, Catskill mountain keeper. That, that's That's awesome. So like, like what Ramsey said, you know, go to your local meeting, see what's going on. If you don't think it's right. And you think, uh, you know, send Catskill mountain keeper a message, send your local residents a message, go on local social media, ask questions. Like what, what could, what could happen? You get, trolled or, or shamed on on facebook it's it's god it's nothing that's nothing just wipe it away i get do i do that all the time i i get trolled all the time trust me um so ramsey uh you're are you a you're a big fly fisher correct no i'm terrible at fly fishing um and i don't know why i'm so bad <laughs> at it but I, I i do i love it i'm on the board of the Catskill fly fishing yes. museum um and i've been an, uh, you know uh been honored to uh help that organization come through a rough time. Um, I, I don't know how long I've been, you know, maybe five, six years I've been a board member, but 
we sort of came up to the pandemic um, and got through it. Well, you know, for those of you who don't know, the Catskill Fly Fishing Museum um, is a, a, an incredible museum uh, in the town of Roscoe, uh, between Roscoe and Livingston Manor on Old 17 B. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the home of, of the history of Catskill fly fishing here in the, the Catskill region. And it celebrates, you know, uh, the, the legendary fly fishers and their equipment and their tools. And, um, and it's just really, it's got a beautiful campus it's it's got a whole you know mile and a half of of fishing nice. on the river there that you can do and uh for free you know and, and it's just a really it's a really great place and um uh but it, it it's you know all businesses are a struggle up here uh in some respects because you know there's sort of a boom and bust due to the the, the weather you yeah. know it's a you know it's a you know, a museum, a fly fishing museum in January, it's, it's hard to keep <laughs> yeah, know, the, yeah, definitely. the people coming in the doors and it's expensive to heat and all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's a challenge, but it's a beautiful place. And we have a new executive director who's super fantastic. And, uh, and I encourage all of you to come down and, and visit it. You know, it's, it's really cool. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's the history of fly fishing, you know, is people are, you know, fly fishers are just passionate people. Yeah. With. They're passionate about their art and they're passionate about the history and they're passionate about the tools. And even if you're not, it's fun to feel the energy around that. You know, I'm not, I'm not a gearhead that way. So I don't, you know, it's not, but I, when I'm around the, the people who, you know, the bamboo rods and the reels and the, you know, and the, how they make them and the differences and the weights and how this and that, you know, and it's really cool. I'm just like, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to be around and, and to see the, the passion and, and passion. Um, yep. That's so what I was going to say is they, they have yeah. passion, definite passion for, for their sport. <laughs> that's all I got to say. I, I don't understand it. Uh, hopefully someday I will, but I was curious. I remember seeing that on your resume is that you were uh, in the fly fishing museum. So definitely check that out down in Roscoe. So uh, moving on, we um, you said the Catskill Mountain Keeper was formed in 2007, correct? Yeah, that, yeah, that sounds right. Okay, yeah, 15 um, years. Yep. Purpose of it was um, to like raise awareness of the things going on in the Catskills that basically would damage the Catskill Park and stuff like that in different areas. Correct? Or am I wording that wrong? How would you word that? No, yeah, it's a, you, yeah. I mean, well, it's it's a little more straightforward to be honest um you know we knew we needed to organize um, uh, a group that could you know stand up uh against these big interests yeah okay um, that's better and organize <laughs> uh you know and 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 we looked at the different models and the model of the river keeper um seemed to be the most fitting um but the issue uh so for for those of you who uh, might not completely remember, the, the the river keeper started on the Hudson. It's called the Hudson River Keeper. Um, it started in, 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 in right you know after World War II um, by uh, World War II veterans uh, fish who were passionate fishermen, um, and they saw how polluted the Hudson River was, and and they organized together and created the Hudson River Keeper. And it became the model for uh, this kind of, of, of you know, local protection and advocacy. You know, they, they got boats and they patrolled the Hudson and 
caught polluters and you know these guys were tough and they weren't messing around mm. you know and this was their river and they were going to fight for it so that was the original one it, it, it the, the hudson river keeper continued to grow and become you know what it, you know what it is today which is the leading advocate for the entire estuary but out of the success of the hudson river keeper a group of folks saw an opportunity to branch out so they created the water keeper alliance which is an umbrella group um that uh licenses uh the name keeper to other advocates oh, nice. in other regions so now you've got over 120 different keeper groups across the world you've got you know the russian river keeper you've got the san francisco bay keeper oh, wow. you've got the delaware river keeper the list goes on and on you know you can't there's the new york new jersey bay keeper and they're all and there's a model there's a you know it's like uh there's there's um uh, it's like a franchise, you know, and you the, the, there's an agreement, you know, that you have. There's you know a list of 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 of, of requirements. <clears throat> For example, you have to have a boat, and you have to have a captain. Interesting. So that's a challenge for us because we don't have any navigable rivers in the Catskills. Yeah. So you can't have a boat. You know, you can stick a boat in a <laughs> in a lake or you can have a canoe yeah there's no you know when you and uh and, and you, without a boat you don't really have a captain so so but we went to the river to the waterkeeper alliance and and and, and said that, you know we want to create a land-based keeper group you know using the same model um but obviously having to adjust the the structure and so through a lot of, you know, negotiations and, and, and conversations, the, 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 the Waterkeeper Alliance um, agreed to allow us to become a keeper, the Catskill Mountain Keeper, but we don't operate within their network. So we're just friends and allies. Oh, nice. Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah, definitely. Even though we, we, we share a name and, and we share the principles, we don't. Uh, we're not members of the of the Waterkeeper Alliance. So Mountain Keeper, you know, was built around that what I thought was the best model for this kind of local advocacy. Um, and and so we took you know what we thought would apply to the Catskills, and um, and you know we have uh, you know uh, the, the the same passion, but it's got a different you know the, we have a, our geographical definition is is quite different than any of the other keeper groups would be you know we're not like you know the main stem of the hudson river yeah. and all of its uh its estuaries we're like the entire catskill region as defined by us because no one really knows where the catskills begin and end <laughs> there's no people don't even know what it is i mean is it a, you know like the, the biggest joke you'll appreciate this is you know we we were talking about you know the people love to give me like where where are you keeping the mountains today well you know it's a glaciated plateau right it's not even a so does that mean it's not even a mountain you yeah. know range you know the catskills uh, is it not even mountains you know are these like literally just glaciated plateaus we have to change our name to the glaciated plateau keeper yeah right <laughs> Catskills glaciated plateau keeper. That sounds yeah, exactly. fitting. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue. No, well. no. I remember um, people talking about that. I'm just like, just give it up. It's it's, it's we're, we're mountains. Look at us from the Hudson. You say we're mountains. Leave, leave us alone. 
but you know, for what what Mountain Keeper is is our mission, which you know it's on our website. It's a little longer than this, but you know, it's to promote and protect the region that we live, work, and recreate in. Hell yeah! And and so it's a dual mission of of protecting and promoting. Um, uh, and so you know that's and and we do both. You know, we were very active in promoting um, the resource, um, the, the the folks who live here, the communities. You know, the Main Street revitalization efforts, the farmers um uh and uh farmers markets and and culture and art you know we're just involved in a lot of that stuff you know to promote the place and then we're just we're ready to get you know uh get in the mud and fight you know we're not afraid of a fight and that's that's the way it has to be if you want to do this kind of work you just have to be willing to you know to get into it yeah um and stand up for um and 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 you know we all have a thicker skin after all these years. We're a little better at it. You know, I used to have a lot of sleepless nights um, and a lot of people don't like me. So uh, probably a lot of people listening don't like me, but um, now I'm at least proud of what I do. I mean, I, I know these are, these issues are tough and, and, you know, good people can be on opposite sides of issues. You know, it doesn't mean yep. we disagree that, you know, I'm right, you're wrong or I'm bad and you're good. You know, it's, but you know, I know when we come at this with the best intentions um, at, at heart, and that's, you know, for the collective good of, of, of this region and, and what will ultimately benefit the most people. You know? Yeah, excellent. Yeah, that was a fantastic kind of like overview of everything. So um, what um, let's let's go over what a couple of things that you guys have done for the Catskills. Um, I know once you said break of fracking, uh, the casinos uh what else i remember reading something else was was big was something with the, in the environment just recently correct well uh, you know we've got a lot of different stuff I and mean, i can talk about some of the big things yeah uh, you know one of the most things that i'm most proud of is is uh it gets a little wonky i know but you know the the we see the catskills as a critical like centerpiece and the politics of of the environment in new york and so we think our role is is, is important. Um, uh, you know, we are close to New York City. We're we're close to Albany, where there's really important you know resource. So we also think that because of that, we have an important role in in, in climate in the climate fight. And and so my colleagues Wes uh, Gillingham and Catherine Maddow, uh, who I mentioned before, uh, uh, our deputy director up in Albany. Uh, came together with others and formed the New York Renews, that's NY Renews uh, Coalition. And that coalition of labor, uh, environmental justice, and, and green groups uh, and, 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 and activists um, is the, the driving force, like no question, no, no debate by anybody, the driving force behind the, the, the climate leadership protection Act, the CLCPA, uh, the climate law that was passed, um, which is the most aggressive in, in the country. Um, so that work, you know, we organized that. We're the, one of the, 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 the managing partners of the New York Renews uh, Coalition. Um, we helped start it, and we're deeply involved in every aspect of that. And that has been one of the most successful coalitions and we learned about how to do that out of the fracking fight make no mistake you know we that was the 
where we learned about the, the how to put together a coalition effectively and to to you know to create a structure where <clears throat> there can be um, leadership without top-down dictating about policy. So the New Yorker News, its, it's governing structure is, is really, really incredible and, and super impressive um, uh, for how coalitions work. Again, it's sort of wonky, but the, the New Yorker News getting the CLCPA passed, and now we're in the middle of the, the next phase, which is is, is, is implementing it and, and, and helping the legislature and the governor find the, the money within their budgets to fulfill what's required by law that we, the law that we passed. It's so important. And I'm so proud of that work. I mean, nice. it's big time, you know, it's, it's major. And this, you know, where New York goes, the rest of the country goes, you know, nice. we lead, you know, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm really proud to be a, a New Yorker for that reason, you know, because if we can make it happen here, we will watch it happen, roll out across the country. You know, that's the, that's the, the, the opportunity. So again, the, the, the climate leadership protection um, act, the CLCPA is, 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 is one of the most important pieces of legislation New York state's ever seen. And now we're, you know, a year and a half into it. Um, and we have to figure out how to implement it. So it's a ton of, ton of work ahead, but Good. Like, you know, I'm really proud of the team. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one big one um, that, that we're deeply involved in right now. Um, yeah, that's, that's a big step. I'm going to put all this in the, the show notes so people can read about it. Um, also, I, I know you guys had a big role in the, the great blue hole. Uh, what do you call it? Uh <laughs> Pand- yeah, well, not a pandemic, but a, uh, whatever it, it, it is called, uh, epidemic. <laughs> what was your, your guys' role in that? I, I'm trying to remember exactly why I was driving that road um, that day, uh, but it was, um, you know, right. I'm guessing it was on a weekend. It was on a weekend. It was before the pandemic, believe it or not. Um, and, uh, I was driving through and, you know, there was cars everywhere, um, people everywhere, music blasting um, and garbage, like yeah. from one end of the, of, of, of the resource to the next, yep. I mean, completely trashed. And uh, the, 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 the garbage containers were overflowing. The toilet was exploding and Ugh. it was just... And I took a bunch of I took a bunch of pictures of it, you know, because I was just like, this is just, you know, whatever this is, this is not right. Um, and I wasn't the only one. I mean, I certainly wasn't, you know, I wasn't the reason, but I, you know, th- those photos didn't hurt, you know, when I sent them along to folks, and um, and uh, and it just became apparent that the we talked about it earlier, and, and this is a perfect example of how the Catskill Park structure makes management of the resource difficult and confusing mm-hmm. um, because it's a ca- town. You got the town, the county, the state, oh, um, yeah. the DEC, and they're all stakeholders. And, you know, the, there's no parking there. So the DEC doesn't really have the ability to create parking. So the town and the county and the state troopers and the rangers. And so, you know, out of that sort of nobody, 
everybody's got responsibility, sort of nobody does. You know, it's sort of like one of those things where, you know, because it's not clearly a DEC problem. Uh, and, and so the only way to tackle Blue Hole was to, you know, convene, you know, a, a crack committee of, of stakeholders and find a solution. And Jeff Centerman at the Catskill Center and others led the charge on, on, on you know, providing um, the partnership, the, the, the public-private partnership that was required to help alleviate the problem. And the blue hole is not solved by any stretch of the imagination. So um, it's, you know, I don't want anybody out there to think I'm saying, you know, well, we, we fixed it. It's still a huge, huge problem. But yeah. we've made some major headway and in, in, in by trying different things keeping the things that are working and, and, and getting rid of the things that don't. But, you know, one of the key things was to just have people there yeah. when, uh, you know, and so it's called the Catskill Park Steward Program. Mound Keeper has stewards. Um, basically, it's a partnership with the, 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 the DEC and these not-for-profit partners like the Catskill Center and, and Mound Keeper hire uh summer uh employees to serve as essentially assistant park rangers they're not technically assistant park rangers they're called catchable park stewards but they, they serve a similar purpose and they set up at the at the resource um and and uh engage with the public you know and pre present a public face and you know eyes and ears for one but also you know the truth is you know, as the demographic shifts in the Catskill Park, the one thing that doesn't shift is the people who make the effort to go to the Catskill Park, by and large, want to respect it and enjoy it. But if they don't see a place to put their garbage, and it's not super clear from the get-go yeah, that it's yeah. pack in and pack out and all that other stuff, they're just going to leave their garbage, yeah. you know? Uneducated. <laughs> if, if, if they don't... Yeah, and if they if they if there's not a sign and people there communicating in their language communicating that you can't have your music blasting at you know high decibels, you know culturally perhaps it's not rude to bring your boombox and blast music. You know, like again, you know, it's it's about communication and and and, and you know so the, the Blue Hole's just a, you know it's such a beautiful place, it's such a special place, but it's a place that because of the internet. And again, this is even pre-pandemic yeah. you know, because of the internet and this listic these listicles, right? that's what you call it, these, these lists of, you know, the top 10 waterfalls and, you know, whatever, you know, and these things go viral. And that's what drives these, 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 you know, tourists. Yeah. They, you know, they, they see this thing and they're like, Hey, let's rent a car and drive to Blue Hole. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, I don't blame and, them though. You know, I don't, fact, I don't blame them. No, I it's mean, beautiful. We want them to. That's the thing. You know, we want people to use the resource. But, you know, the problem with the blue hole in specific is that, you know, it's not designed to have a lot of people. Like oh, parking, yeah. there's no infrastructure. So, you know, you have 30 people at Blue Hole and it's one experience, and you have 300. It's a totally different experience. I have 100 and, and even. That's the challenge. <laughs> Right. I mean, you know, but, you know, they, like, exactly. I mean, the, the, the experience becomes dramatically uh, different and it can be dangerous and scary and, you know, all, all kinds of things. And, you know, um, for the, um, you know, 
and it really does come back at the end of the day to the fact that the Catskill Park doesn't have the resources it needs, like by any stretch of the imagination, you know, by any measure, it's woefully underfunded. Mm-hmm. And our, you know, friends, the, the park rangers and the DEC staff, the, 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 the foresters, you know, there's no way they can do this job. Yep, they're know? doing what they can. There's, there's no way. Oh, you know, they're all, you know, the, the, at any given time, somebody in, uh, in, in the flip-flops has twisted their ankle, you know, four and a half miles up the road, uh, up a trail, and all the rangers are, are, are left leaving the Blue Hole and, and Catterskill and, and the Beaver Kill to go do a rescue, yeah. you know. And all you need is one, and then all of your, your, your safety uh, and, and uh, um you know your 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 uh, police. You know they're all gone doing what the most important thing is to make sure someone doesn't die. You know out yep. there. So this it, just. I mean the numbers are really really shocking. You know how many rangers there are. You know foresters for this vast resource. It's, oh yeah. It's, it's, it's and so that's where the public partnerships. And we understand that. We understand. You know that that you know the climate you know the financial climate you know in new york state is the one where you know we're not just going to all of a sudden see a windfall of 100 billion dollars to tackle the issues that the catskill park has so we have to you know scratch and fight for every nickel um yeah. out of the uh, the budget you know the epf and the other places in the budget where the money would come to support these things and and, and fight for it and and and, and then know where it's it comes up short still we have to step up and do things like hire our own park rangers that's essentially what the stewards program is 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 the catskill center and the mountain keeper and others like hiring their own park rangers to do the job that the state can't do yeah (laughs) so but you know um and we're expanding that you know the, the, the 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 steward program you know i think it i think that we should have stewards basically every you know, um, major resource point in the park right. during the, the season, you know, have people there and they should be the kind of people that you dream about meeting in the, in the, the great parks out West. You know, it's sort of like what I think about, you know, yep. a, somebody who's nice and knowledgeable and was there to you know greet you and, 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 and they're glad that you're there and they want to teach you, you know, about the park and give you ideas about what to do. You know, those are the kinds of experiences you want to foster um, and not just have, you know, um, uh, the police, you know, you know the, yeah. the, the, believe me, the Rangers have a tough job. So I'm not saying knocking them at all, but, you know, they are authority. They are, you know, they are, that's, those are the authorities and they're there to put, you know, to, to, to make sure that, you know, the law is abided by as opposed to, you know, engaging with the public. They do. I'm not, again, I'm not, not knocking the, the, the actual Rangers, but yeah. the structure is such that they don't have the time to, you know, sit around and, and, and chat. And, and yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, the, that's it's, 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 yeah. You know, that's the, that's the game. Um, but I, I, I do think blue, I mean, uh, you know, the other thing, like, I think this is another point quickly, I'll do it quick, but you know, with Catterskill Falls, another, you know, really important, um, overly used resource with a lot of stakeholders involved thinking about how to make improve it, make it better. The DEC for a long time um, 
wouldn't do any improvements to the the, the stairs uh, and the trail up to the falls, yeah. right, from the parking lot. Um, uh, and, you know, finally we figured out, you know, when they told me, you know, the reason they didn't fix it uh, because people were, you know, going up and lots of, as we all know, lots of people fall off Catterskill Falls. Yep. I mean, it's like a horrible thing. And you almost inevitably read about it once a year. And, um, uh, and, and you know, the reason was, is that, you know, if they dramatically improved the, the infrastructure there and the stairwells and the things, um, it would, you know, essentially imply encouraging people to go up to the to the view and 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 then then they would fall and then that would open up the dec to uh, liability mm -hmm. and and so you know that's the kind of quagmire that the dec is stuck with you know like how do you you know do this you know how do we manage this resource in a way so that so you have safety on both sides right yep. of that of that problem um you know encouraging people to go up and, and then they fall or keeping it so it's like you're bushwhacking up there and then you fall yeah yeah right <laughs> we finally got to the point where you know they did fix it and it's 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 it's, it's really well done it's beautiful and and you know whatever the lawyers at dec that come up figured out a way that they don't think that they're more uh, liable now than they were before but it's that kind of thing i mean it's fascinating to be involved in watch that play out in real time yeah such kinds of challenges educating as well as as you deal with these situations within the catskills you get further further more educated with what else you can do in the catskills so that brings on better bigger opportunities to battle these certain uh problems that we have here in the catskills so that's that's fantastic so um let's move on to um how about uh the catskill park advisory committee i know you're a member of what what are you in that? Are you a member, or are you like one of the the boards on that? Yeah, we're one of the found uh, founding you know members. Um, you want to explain that? It's really interesting. You know, there's a, yeah, well, it's super confusing. So I mean, I, I I'll try to make it as simple as possible. There's the the the, the forest preserve uh, advisory committee and the Catskill Park advisory committee. So there's two different committees. They're essentially informal uh, convenings done by the the DEC and stakeholders uh, to have a format for uh, sharing information and getting input from the, from the stakeholders. So essentially it is, um, you know, uh, facilitated by and endorsed by the DEC, but the committee is, is its own standing committee. And um, we, you know, decide who, who, who's invited to be a part of the, the you know, the, 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 advise, the managing partners, um, you know, decide who can participate in the Casco Park Advisory Committee. I mean, really anybody can, but, you know, it's, it's, it's managed by us, not by the DEC. That's the key point. Mm. That's the, the CPAC is, 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 and, and it's one of the most important lines of communication that are open between the public and the DEC in regards to specifically the Casco Park. And, it gets into the things that are, you know, like uh, unit management plans and, 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 you know, mundane things about, you know, priority parcels and, 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 and but it also is a, a, an important forum for this, uh, the Sportsman Federation and other groups to make sure that their issues are heard and understood. 
you have representatives from, you know, the, uh, the scenic byways and uh, the, the the different, you know, high peaks communities. Um, so, you know, it's 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 a really great committee to be on uh, because it's a convening of, of a diverse set of stakeholders. Um, and, and so we always learn a lot from each other. Um, and like I said, it's one of those, there's the Catskill Park Advisory uh, CPAC, and then there's the Forest Preserve Advisory Committee, which is includes the Adirondacks. So you have all the Adirondack stakeholders. And remember the Catskill Park and the Adirondack Park for all intent and purpose are structured the same way um they're they're managed by the dec they're state-owned parks yeah. they have public private um but the, the adirondacks is uniquely different it has its own management um plan um it's it's and the part the castle park doesn't so the castle park doesn't have a master plan mm-hmm. and the, the, the adirondack park does so there are significant and important differences between the two parks but so those those two committees and so the the the, the fpac the forest preserve uh advisory committee uh includes the the adirondacks and so we have a larger group of stakeholders and it it, it looks at the kinds of management issues that would affect both parks ah uh, uh, okay uh right so so uh it's really, it's where, the, you know, again, where the rubber meets the road, it's where we are directly, you know, in face-to-face, where the DEC has to come clean on what they're doing, where their priorities <laughs> are, you know, where, where their money is, where they plan on getting the money from for the things that they are saying they're going to do. You know, they, they have to, you know, public face with us, and it's really great. You know, it holds them accountable. It holds us accountable, too. I mean, you know, we have to. You know, we have to know what we we want, and we have to know what the questions are to ask. Um, and again, always with the goal of supporting the DEC, the DEC needs us to lobby for them um, because they can't lobby for themselves. So it's just you know one of the the quirks of, of government here. You know, they, yeah, the, the, the DEC can't ask the, the legislature for more money. Yeah. You know, it's against the law. We have to do it. You know, and we have to make the case for them, and they can't be you know, seen as being the ones telling us what to do. So we have to sort of use these, these, these formats like the, the CPAC and the FPAC, you know, to glean the information we can from the DC to determine what we think is the best thing for them. Yeah. <laughs> so we can go out and uh, lobby for them. So yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Another purpose of uh, the CPAC is to uh, also listen to the local stakeholders, correct? The, the, um, not the stakeholders. Am, am I am I wording that right? Like the thirty five hundred club? Oh, that's right. No, the yeah, exactly. No, the, the 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 stakeholders. That's it. I mean, that is the venue for stakeholders. It includes the thirty five hundred club and you know the you know the, the the ski different ski facilities. You know, like uh, major stakeholders stuff like involved that. in CPAC. Nice, nice. Yeah, and the sportsmen's federations, the the fishing folks. I mean, you know, they're there. They're invited. They're they're participating. Yeah. And, um, it's uh it's 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 a very important part of the the of how the Catskill Park is managed and that's wonky and weird and hard, sort of hard to explain and hard to understand yeah. and you know when you're actually at the CPAC meeting it's not the most you know scintillating you know conversation yeah. you know it's about you know, you know the big Indian unit management plan and whether you know the mountain bike trail should be x y you know that kind of stuff yep. you know and, and so it's it's really cool but um, it's open to the public right uh, and, and, 
Is it? Uh, no, it's it's not. It, it's public. It's a public meeting, but it's 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 um, sort of a by invitation. Like I said, yes, it's managed yes, yes. by the the, the the committee itself, not by the DEC, but it's it's a partnership. So it's not just it's 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 a it's it's sort of a safe space where the stakeholders can communicate with uh, uh, with the DEC. Ah, okay. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a, a like, okay, this is the, the, there are plenty of opportunities for the public to engage on any, any one of these issues, but this specific structure is more uh, designed where the active uh, stakeholders who are actively involved in the park and, the, uh, um, you know, can have direct dialogue with the DEC and the, and the other folks uh, like the DEP and, you know, the other agencies, uh, they're all the transport department of transportation. They're all, you know, all participate and, and they all have, you know, uh, prepared for these meetings so that they, you know, there's an agenda and, and we have topics. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really important information sharing opportunity, but it's not the, it's not the public okay, okay. facing, you know, one, which there are plenty out though. Yeah. There's no, Good call. You know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. So, um, what about um, the Catskill Mountain Pe- Keeper? What do you guys have uh, insight for the future? Like, if you can give us a little thoughts about what's going on for the future for the Catskill Mountain Keeper. Yeah. So, right now, the biggest issue we are facing is uh, large scale development. Um, and it's it's this you know it's sort of this this whack-a-mole kind of problem. Um, but when you look at the the lar- the map of the region, and you know you look at the proposed developments that are coming online or in the works, um, you know they're big enough that and 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 cumulatively will change the character of the Casco region dramatically. Mm-hmm. And these are you know, the kinds of proposals that uh, everyone should be concerned about, you know, and I'm not saying they're all bad or all good, but, you know, you've got, you know, proposals where, you know, 500 homes, um, you know, 500 units, you know, 2000 parking lots, you know, we're in the middle of a really interesting fight over in Socrates, you know, the Winston farm fight um, where they want to build and that's outside of the park uh, but it's it's you know right in the heart of the gateway to the Catskills um, it's where the 1996 1996 uh, uh, Woodstock festival was uh-huh. um, the, the 20th and and you know it's this beautiful over a thousand acre historic farm and some local developers bought it and they want to build uh, you know a, a, a 10,000 seat concert venue, um, a water park, uh, wow. a bunch of hotels, um, uh, uh, a water park, an adventure park. Um, you know, it's just like, and the list goes on, like, you know, yeah. 500 houses, two hotels, you know, it's just like this massive, like, we're going to take this huge, you know, historic gateway to the Catskills and turn it into, you know, uh, uh, you know, some kind of, you know, Myrtle Beach kind of yeah. thing resort you know? like a, 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 um, and a, a desert. What is it called? Uh, you know, it's a uh, yeah. I mean, you know, they they want mini golf and they want a concert venue and they want a you know they want a, a water park and a, you know and it's just like this. It's 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 this mat you know. And so it's that's one. Now some people might think it's a great idea and that's fine. You know, you can, but it's definitely dramatic 
kind of proposal that will change the face of the town of Socrates and the gateway into yep. the Catskill Park significantly. And it's just one example. I mean, there's 10 of those uh, kinds of proposals that are didn't going you, on out didn't there. Didn't you guys have a, a, a role in the, like one of the quarries that were going to be built outside of Woodstock, right? Yeah, we're, we're deeply involved in the Bluestone um, uh, Quarry. Uh, so the Bluestone Wild Forest um, yes. adjacent to that is yep. called Bluestone Quarry. And they want to, you know, reactivate that and turn it into a concrete manufacturing plant. And Yikes. it will have a dramatic impact uh, on on the, the park, on the on Route 28, you know, trucks, dust, noise, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. You know, right when you enter into, you know, one of the most important, sections of the park um and this 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 bluestone wild forest area recently uh the open space institute the dec bought i can't remember 800 acres or something you know to extend oh yeah yep put in you know connect uh, sections two sections of the of the Catskill park that were disconnected all and this is all right adjacent to where this proposal is going on so that's another great example i mean it's just you know, no one's, you know, against, you know, manufacturing concrete, you know, like we use concrete all the time. Everybody, you know, it's about where, and this is a terrible site yeah. for it. You know, it's just, it's not, you know, it's bad for everybody and good for just a couple of people who are going to make money making concrete. And, and that, you know, it's just like one of those things. So yeah, it's a, it's a big fight. We're in the middle of it. Um, and I think we will, you know, uh, hopefully be able to, you know, affect the outcome in a positive way. Nice. So much, much on the agenda for the, the Catskill mountain keeper to, to help protect the Catskills, correct? Yeah. And it just, you know, it's, it, it's something that doesn't uh, stop. Yep. I mean, you know, every once in a while we'll take a breather. We'll feel like we've, you know, we've won a victory or lost a fight that we had a lot invested in and sort of, you know, take a breather and you don't know what's coming next, but there's always something next. It's just, it's just, it's always right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys got to hook me up with, with Mark Ruffalo one time. <laughs> he's a great, he's a, he's a great guy. He really is. He's great a great advocate for the Catskills. He loves the Catskills. Yep. He loves the Catskills. He really does. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've tried to get a hold of him, but that's like, he has no clue who I am, but. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in his defense, you know, he he he's gotten so famous from you know the Marvel stuff that you know he, he can't be available. You know, yeah. I mean, it does. It's just everybody's got a request for him, and there every and you know, it's just it's hard to imagine. I have a small window into it um, with him, but it's hard to imagine how difficult it is to want to do the right thing and, and be available. And, 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 but just when you're that famous, like they just, the, the requests are, you know, yeah. Enormous hundred a day. Yep. Right. You know, what do you, you know, what do you do with that kind of, you know, yeah. you know, even just reading them. So, yeah. Um, but he's a great guy. I know. Yeah. Um, so last topic, let's talk about, uh, let's go quickly over. You can, Jot down uh Catskill Brewery, your your brewery that's located where down in Livingston Manor? Yeah, it's right in Livingston Manor, right in town. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, uh it, you know, it's so fun. Yeah. Um I don't I can tell you anything you want to know about the Catskill Brewery. Um and any you you tell me, Stash, how you want me to uh talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I will. When did you uh when did you form the Catskill Brewery? 
it's six years uh, old now. Um, so uh, yeah, and me and, and, and two friends, we were uh, at a barbecue drinking beer and um, we were talking about, you know, what the Catskills needed. And, and you know, I said, look, you know, what we really need, I don't know why, maybe because we were drinking beer, I guess. So we really need a brewery around here. There's no breweries anywhere in the Catskills. What the hell is that about? Like, you know, that it's the kind of economic development, you know, that we like. It brings people that, you know, it, it brings community together. Like, why don't we, you know? And so we did, you know, it was just like one of those things. We just, you know, I said, Let, you know, let's call it the Catskill Brewery. And I didn't think there's any chance we'd get that name, but we did. <laughs> and, uh, and we, you know, we decided to open a beer with the mission of promoting the Catskills helping Livingston Manor and making just the best beer that we could. I mean, I, hopefully anybody who goes into the beer making business, that's their, yeah, <laughs> that's that's their, that's their goal. But we were serious about it. Yeah, we were serious about it. And our beer is really good. I mean, I, I don't make it, so I can't take credit for making it, but <laughs> it is really, really good beer. We've won a ton of metal, you know, gold medals. and the, you know, We won the best beer in New York State a couple times for different in different categories. We got golds and silvers. Um, and uh you know, we it's 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 really fun. The brewery is uh, uh, gold leads certified. It's not quite platinum, but we can't get the platinum yet because of uh, we're missing some of the points. I don't know if you know what leads is, but it's a it's a, a lead certification determines that your building is is extremely energy efficient okay like, you know it meets the highest standards of energy efficiency cool. um, so a lead a lead certification it's really hard to get and uh and so our the brewery has geothermal solar thermal uh uh, uh solar pv um nice. it's uh it's got green roofs on all the all the green roofs all around the building where there aren't solar panels um and it's just, it's just, you know, we, we basically create about a hundred percent of our energy that we use, nice. know, give or take, depending on what we're doing and when, but, um, and, uh, it's, you know, we, we just celebrate the Catskills. A lot of our, you know, beer names, uh, reflect, you know, the history or cool places in the Catskills and we're part of the beer, you know, the craft beer community. And yeah. now there's, a, you know, a lot of other breweries in the Catskills. We were, you know, the first to plan to build our brewery and get approvals. And then a couple of other breweries came online around the same time that we did. But now there's a, a, a this amazing community of brewers um, in the Catskills and we love them. Yeah, there's yeah. something like, you know, West Kill is like just one of the greatest breweries. You know, there's so many good ones. Um, and it's just fun to be a part of it. And you know the thing about beer and 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 it brings people together people like to come together and you know on a saturday at the catskill brewery nothing's better people are having a great time we have great music you know people come they use it as sort of a base camp to go out and mountain bike and, nice. and hike and uh you know it's just really it's just really fun um, and anybody who wants to come just you know shoot me an email i'll try to come over and say hi i'm not there all the time obviously i'm running mountain keeper i don't work at the brewery but i'm there a lot you know just hanging out and visiting with people and uh and yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of the beer. I love the Devil's Path. Like I said earlier, you know, that's the I think one of our you know absolute best. Yeah, beers. definitely. Um, and uh, um, it's it's just it's it's really fun. And uh, we are we're expanding, we're growing. There's it's it's been really a great journey. I mean, there's like 
well, it hasn't been easy <laughs> at all. It's been yeah. really, really tough. And the pandemic was brutal. I mean, the pandemic, you know, we were basically, and I'll sort of end on this if you want, but, you know, we were basically uh, uh, a self-distributing brewery, local, you know, craft brewery. We owned all our own kegs. We make all our own beer. We have all of our own trucks. We have all of our own delivery drivers. We have all of our own salespeople. And we were... Wow you know all of our business was in you know kegs you know we made some cans we'd had mobile canning lines and you know you could buy a six pack or a four pack at our at the brewery but basically we were making six dolls and half kegs and kegs and and and, and selling them to bars and restaurants and you know we're like we're in yankee stadium which is really fun oh nice the, the select craft beers at yankee stadium um and, and but when the pandemic hit, like the the keg business uh, just stopped. Yeah. Ended. It was over. It was like done. You know, nobody nobody needed a keg because nobody was going out to bars and restaurants. Yeah. So you know, like our whole business that was like that was. So we had to like Im- like immediately pivot to packaging and and just like immediately like switch course and become like a, a brewery that you know focuses on canning uh our beers and 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 then you know opening up all new markets um out there uh because of the pandemic the mm-hmm. shift and so people were drinking plenty of beer they just weren't drinking it at bars and restaurants they were going uh, to the supermarket or the or beer world or wherever and buying their beer so you know but we did i'm really proud of the team we did it we flipped it we went from you know, um, 80%, you know, kegs to all flipping it all the way around, you know, nice. and, and to 80% cans and, and opening up all these new accounts. So it's, it's been really interesting to, you know, and now it's shifting back a little bit, you know, um, but, um, you know, back to restaurants and bars and, and, you know, they're all ordering again. Yeah. So there's a, you know, it's a new world um, out there. So it's, it's fun. It's interesting to see how, it's it's going to all shift, you know, and continue to shift <clears throat> as a result of the things that the pandemic, you know, taught us. Yeah, yeah. About how people uh, gather and, and and stuff. So, yeah, I invite anybody. It's really fun. It's a really fun place. There's always like, you know, just check the the website or Facebook's probably even better. Um, yeah. You know, we have live music all the time. We have. Uh, uh trivia and you know uh, vinyl nights and Sweet. um open mics the whole the whole deal it's fun nice. it's, it's, it's fun also check out your local stores because i know uh catskill brewery is all over the place so i've seen them at a, at a lot of different stores local stores in the catskill so check that stuff out excellent thank you for well, thank you Stan. yeah That's awesome thanks for plugging plugging the brewery i appreciate it anything anything catskills related trust me all right so one last one last question um i do do a thing at the end of the show called post hikes brews and bites of course you're going to mention catskill brewing um mary t-trail suggested this very good to plug in like you said plug in local stuff uh where do you suggest besides catskill brewing to get something to eat or drink oh wow okay i didn't uh, i didn't prep for this one but i'm gonna just go immediately uh off uh my we already talked about about do good spirits and rotsko yeah. so you know i i i think they you know a visit to brian and he's got a food offering there too so nice yeah you can also get food at, at, at do good spirits but you know i i think that there's a a really fun um you know beverage trail that's 
forming. Um, here where we are, uh, there's there's actually a brand new brewery that I've been to at Liberty, maybe called the Liberty 17 Brewery or something like that. It's brand new, like literally opened like yesterday. So, okay. I, um, but you've got um, the the, uh, the Roscoe Beer Company, the Catskill Brewery, uh, Upward Brewery. And then the Calicoon Brewing Company, and the the, 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 the Dancing Cat um, and Catskill—they may not be open anymore. So, but there's four like right, you know, within driving distance of of, of each other, right here in, in in this part of the Catskills. You know, the sort of from the Delaware on over into the the uh, Western Gateway up Route 17, and so it's a it's a really, and we now have a, a a free bus that you can take. Oh, nice! Uh, between the diff, the different breweries, um, it's a brewery uh, bus, so you can go and spend. You know, they're running back and forth. We just started it, um, and so that's that's one. I'd also just say, you know, uh, the junction in Roscoe is a new, relatively new restaurant, and it's fantastic. Like, Excellent, it's really good, and. Uh, it's right on Main Street, and the couple that that you know, started it, you know, they know what they're doing. They're making spectacular food, and the 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 vibe is amazing. And it's like it's a really, you know, it's the kind of restaurant you'd you'd go to a lot if you lived in a community, you know, like you know, in, in, in suburban world. You know, it, it would be one of the best in a place with a lot of restaurants. And it's like the only restaurant, one of like three in Roscoe, you know, besides the Roscoe diner, but yeah, yeah. It, 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 it punches way above its weight. So if you're looking for, a, nice. a, a, you know, some great food, that's that one is, 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 is high on, on my list for people to visit. Excellent. Yeah. yeah I'll plug them into in yep. here. Excellent. The junction. Um, yep. Thank you for the suggestion. Yep. Excellent. Throw them in here. Um, Excellent. Well, that concludes it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank the monthly supporters. Thank you for supporting the show. And thank monthly donors who I forgot. Ben M., thank you for donating two coffees. I really appreciate that. I forgot to do that in the beginning. I didn't write it down in the notes. So thank you, sponsors, monthly supporters, and thank you, people who've donated to the show. Ramsey, thank you for joining me tonight, sir. I really All appreciate right, it. Josh, thanks, thanks for the, the, the great conversation. I, I, I'm honored. Thanks. Yeah, anytime. Um, have a good night and I hopefully will see you later in the future. Excellent. Good night. Night. Hey guys, I just want to thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe and throw down a smooth review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast platform that you use. You can also check daily updates of the podcast, hikes, hiking memes, and local news on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the official website of the show. Remember this, you just keep on living, man, L-I-V-I-N.